And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, good evening, welcome to New York Talk, this is the Rotherham United podcast. Today we have another win to talk about, well a draw but one on penalties, um, and we are going to look ahead, look ahead as well to the weekend, we go to Crowell's Andrew again, last of the month after we went to the Pizza Trophy, um, but we'll cover all this in the next hour or so. Um, so let's introduce who we have. We have Mick with us back on his old laptop, so everything looks normal. <laughs> I've got a big smile on my face as a result. <laughs> <laughs> nice to have you with us, Michael. Oh, uh, and we also have Danny with us again. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Good. Nice to have you with us. And Will's back with us. Thank you for joining us, Will. Hello. Um, so I thought we'd start today with having the events of t- on social media today with our quick serious chat. Um, if, I don't know if many people have seen the issue with the former footballer Kevin McNaughton, um, if you haven't been on Twitter, you will basically some issues with some mental health issues and highlighted the issue of people ask, needing help for mental, for mental health problems, if you need help, things such as that. And we wanted to shine a light on it as well, as best we can with send best wishes to Kevin and all, all his family as well. Um, but I thought we would, today we're going to, on, if you watch on YouTube, we have put some uh, websites and phone numbers. If you need any help, these are the, these are the places you can go for them. Also, we'll tweet it out on our Twitter account and Facebook account. So if anybody, if you feel like you are needing help, just reach out. Um, and I hope you're all doing very well. I, I genuinely mean that. Um, so let's move on to the football. Rotherham United are in a semi-final, and we don't get to say that very often. Um, it was a longish night on Tuesday as Cambridge came to town and did another difficult, <laughs> difficult performance on us. Danny, uh, they're a good old side, Cambridge, aren't they? 
Yeah, they are. They have given us three very good games, um, <clears throat> which you have to respect them for. Um, they sort of, I think the, the uh, away performance at the Abbey Stadium was probably their better one, uh, and maybe matched us up a lot better. Uh, but they made a few changes. They had a bench more or less full of all their youth players, so I'm not surprised they didn't make a sub in normal time. Um, but no, it were it were a good game of football. The um, they probed throughout the first half and they found a way through. Um, and then we were it was a slightly the better side second half in terms of creating chances, and we got through on penalties for the third time. This season, we have had penalties. I don't care what Paul Warren says about penalty shootouts being good for the fans. When you've had three in one season, your heart starts to feel it. <laughs> and by the time it gets to the seventh penalty, you are virtually laid out on the chair. It's like, no, I can't take this anymore. Um, but no, we're through. We're in a semi-final. I think it's the uh, it's the equivalent of the Northern final old money into yes. this, this current semi-final yeah. so that's the first time since 2009 we've got this far um so yeah hopefully we can go one better and get to the final so i hope it's a good draw yeah so for anybody let's, let's just pick up the sort of housekeeping for the draw the draw will be after the tea time kickoff on saturday so probably around half seven eight o'clock something like that is when we expect it to be we'll play sutton wigan or hartlepool so an all northern semi-final um, thankfully, we can beat the under 21s, which is nice to get them out of the way. Um, and also, apparently, they'll all be on telly. Both semifinals will be on telly in early March, recommence the 7th of March. Um, and then the final, if it go, if we get there, will be April 3rd. I think it will, the Pompey game will, will miss or will get, get changed. Um, well, the first half is where all the action happened. We'll start with the first goal. Uh, it was Wes Harding's first ever competitive goal in senior football. Um, I'll talk about the fact it were a foul from Wigan in a minute, but Wes Harding has been brilliant for two years, and I know he's not job is it's not score goals, but it's great to see him finally get one. Yeah, amazing and uh, great to to hear uh, from the the uh, the pressers that he actually didn't know that he needed to celebrate. Um, so <laughs> lovely, lovely, uh, lovely little touch. Yeah, uh, fully deserved. He's been uh, Mister Mister Consistent. I think BBC Radio Sheffield have called him throughout the week, um, and can't disagree with that. Thought he uh, he were pretty decent on on Tuesday night. One of our better players uh, overall, and deserved the goal. Um, I'll be honest. I actually thought Sadler had scored um, up until probably 10 minutes later. So there we go. That's probably on me. Um, but yeah, congrats to Wes. Hopefully there's uh, a few more um, a few more of those coming. Hmm. It was good. So not just the goal, Mick, but two games in a row. And Will just mentioned it there. He was superb on Saturday and he was excellent again on Tuesday in a different position, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. He'll, he'll, you put, put him where you want and he'll just do you a job, won't he? Um, mm. and, and it's great. I'm really pleased for him. Really, really pleased for him uh, that he's, he's, he's kind of broke that duck. Uh, and like you said, from his last two performances, uh, both in the league and then in, uh, in 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 this pizza trophy, he's fully deserved. He's fully deserved. He's a hell of a player. You know, he really is. And, and the thing about him is, I think for me, you know, if he was if he if he played consistently in one position, you know, he'd improve even more. We've got with with Wes Arden at the moment. We've got a bit of a touch of this sort of Ben Wiles Championship season situation, you know, where he's he's proved himself a, a reasonable utility player. So he's been moved about, moved about, 
Um, if he ever settles in a position or is allowed to settle in a position, he'll just still go from strength to strength for me. Uh, but yeah, he's it's great to see him score. Great to see him score. Really pleased. Hmm. Um, a few comments. Philip Rose is with us evening, and we also have Bazak with us. Um, Mark Gambles is with us. Evening, fellas, here for a slice of the action from the other night. Nice for the lads to win on pens was a nice topping for the night. Hashtag pizza cup puns. And I am all here for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked on last week, Danny, about Michael Smith's goal potentially being a foul. This one on Tuesday, <laughs> for me, was a foul. I thought, will Greg push somebody else into somebody else? And you can away with the ball, but ref's not getting it, so who cares? I think it was more the theatrics of the other player because he sort of, <clears throat> granted, Will, Will Grigg does give him a polite shove. I'll give him that, but it's the player <laughs> like sort of gets tangled up in his own player and then goes to ground. So that's mm. obviously what the referee sees. He's gone, no, that's not a foul. Um, and then Griggy's pulled it back and Harding's fired low under the keeper and scored. So I mean, we might have got a little bit of luck getting the last two goals in. I don't think Smithies was a foul though, um, <clears throat> but Grigg. Sort of on the fence with it, but if the ref's not giving it, he's not giving it, so that's why I don't think it's a foul. Um, and it's, I think, is it Will Griggs' first assist of the season? Potentially, uh, well, it might be, but we'll, we'll have to double check that. But at least we now know that Will Griggs can contribute to goals and he doesn't necessarily have to score them all the time because it is a really clever pullback from him. Because, like they said mm. on commentary, sometimes strikers just pull the trigger from there and try and curl it in the far corner. Uh, but he's had the the sight of Wes, so he's played it across across the goal. Sadly, he's obviously heard some sort of shout from Wes and left it, and he's fired it in. And yeah, like we said before, it's a great great thing for Wes to get his first goal. Um, and hopefully, he gets more in the league as well because he's come close a couple times before, both in the Championship and League One. Um, so hopefully, the luck befalls him a bit better. And he actually gets his first league goal because he can get the little one on his Wikipedia page, can't he? <laughs> so he's rather <laughs> <from> appearances. <laughs> yeah. Uh, according to Transfer Market, it is Will Griggs' first assist for the Millers. So he does all his best work in Pizza Trophy. So it's good that we're still in it, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was a strange performance, though, Will, because I thought first 20 minutes or so, I thought we were good. I don't think we were amazing, mm-hmm. but I thought we were, we were pretty good. And then. Whether we allowed Cambridge to go into the game or whether they just took control of it a little bit, the second half of the first half sort of got away from us a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, that first 20 minutes, they sustained quite a lot of pressure. And I think there mm. were always going to be a point in the game where, whereby, and I think Mark Bonner spoke about in his uh, post-match interview, actually, that if, if you ride out the storm, you know, you're going to get opportunities along the way somewhere. <laughs> so thought they rode out the storm pretty well in the end. There was one where... Uh, I think they put about four blocks in in a row, um, which was heroic defended. Um, and then I'm sure we're going to come on to the goal, but um, you know, a wonderful, wonderfully worked goal from from their perspective. A little bit um, disappointing from a defensive point of view. I think from our end, um, I'm not sure where um, how our uh, left hand side of the pitch was, but there we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're no mugs. They came here off the back of five wins in a row, um, and they were set up again to to um, cause a lot of issues. And I thought on the night they really did that. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm sure this won't be the last bit of praise we give him, but we're going to give more praise to Cambridge. I think we praised Cambridge more than any other team this season on this podcast, mm. except ours, obviously. Um, 
I, I, I like him. There's a lot I like about Cambridge. I like the way they set up. I like the manager. I like the way he speaks. There's a lot to like about And we've talked about coming out of the stadium uh, on Tuesday that if they can keep the, roughly the same group of players together yeah. and potentially strengthen it in the summer, they could be in for a decent shout playoffs next season because they are a good outfit. I think we said it. I don't know if I said it on uh, on last podcast or whether I saw it, said it to you personally when we were at game. For me, they're one of the best sides I think we've played this season. You know, as a, as a complete package, I think they've caused us more problems than anybody else, uh, and they've been more difficult to break down than anybody else. Um, you know, assuming that the ball's in play for more than half an hour. Um, you know, they, they are a very very good side. And it's just a good story, isn't it? It's a great story with the manager and how he's come to be the manager and, and, and the work that he's clearly had to put in to get to where he is now and the work and the commitment. And it's, the, and it's work and commitment for that club, you know? Mm. Uh, so that kind of adds a little bit more into the mix there as well. Uh, I, I really like him. I really like him. And, I, and I'm with you, I think, next season, particularly if they're able to add to the squad, they're going to be a dangerous, <laughs> dangerous outfit, without mm. a doubt. Very, very good. Really impressed with them. Yeah. I think the, the natural issue for, for Cambridge will probably be they're having an unbelievable season this season. Uh, and on a budget level, are they going to be able to compete and keep those those That's amazing players? Um, so, I mean, fingers crossed we might be uh, in the market at some, at some point for um, a few of those players. I really like Nibs. Uh, I thought he had a really good um, good night on the night and he's had uh, three good games against us and a really good January so far. So, um, you know, personally, I'd love to see uh, Nibs at, at the New York at some point. I don't know whether that would be a possibility. Mm. Never know. We never know. Um, on the goal, Danny... It was a good. It was a very good goal. They, they did that. They, they played through the press a little bit, and they pulled Iki out of position, which left us a bit exposed. And let's get, start with giving Cambridge the credit. It was a very nice goal. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a very well taken strike. Um, the good dummy from one of their players teeing up the long distance strike. Fair play on that one. I think it was Nibs who scored as well, wasn't it? Their captain mm. for the day. Um, but the one, the one thing I will comment on is that. They sort of tested the water three or four times before actually scoring. Like they tested one, it went a little bit wide, it went to the stand, it went the other way, and then they got the goal from it. So from a defensive standpoint, you sort of need to identify that, hang on, they're trying to test the defence and see where the holes are. And unfortunately, we didn't quite cotton onto it as quickly as we could have done, and they found the way through. No, no complaints for me, it were a very well-taken goal, and... I think their performance towards the end of the second, the end of the first half, sorry, did warrant a goal from them. Um, grant, granted, maybe it could have been maybe even two one to us. Like Will mentioned, the absolute fiasco at the other end, where we took about seven shots and it was seven blocks <laughs> one after another. It, it was like just someone move your leg out of the way just a little bit and let it <laughs> let it go towards goal. Um, but you know that that first half, like towards the end of the first half, from Cambridge was a very strong showing. Um, and they took it into half time, probably the, the more confident team for the second half. Um, but we're saying about Cambridge players that we go after can we not go after their number 15 who got a little too handsy with Freddie in the second half towards the end of the game? I don't know what he was trying to do, I don't know if we're trying to stroke his beard or what, but he got a little bit handsy with Freddie, <laughs> yeah. And it's one of the new things that I had my laddie po for that he's got a little bit of fire about him. So we've not really seen it before with him. 
got a little bit of fire well, in just, just get off me. So I admire him a little bit for that now. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your opinion on the, the starting 11, Will? Uh, like I mentioned, the first half being all right, second half, again, just all right. I thought I thought the midfield three really struggled to get into the game until until about five minutes before sadly it came off. I don't think it had much impact. Mm. He started to have impact. We pulled him off. I don't think grew into the game. And yeah. Lindsay, I suppose, was just Jamie and Lindsay, but it just didn't seem to work for the most part as the, as that as that three. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was probably the right side to put out um, just because we want to rotate yeah, these players, that, yeah. we want to give them minutes. Um, and you know, test them against a really good uh, Cambridge side, and give them an opportunity to state their claim to play in in this League One side. Um, as you say, for me, the midfield three didn't really work, especially out of possession. Um, I felt mm. that um, we were a little bit exposed um, in some some areas, and there were some part, some parts of the midfield that probably didn't defend as well as they could have. Uh, and that gave uh, Cambridge a little bit more space to work in behind uh, the midfield line and between that uh, defensive line and, and causes a lot of issues in the end. Um, overall, um, you know, we fetched on Chio and Mikel Miller, I think, um, just yeah. to try and give us a little bit more pace out wide. Um, not absolutely certain that works. But overall, um, I think there were some players on the night that had decent games you know you I don't think Griggy had a particularly bad game or uh, or uh, Coyote um, Harding as well had a really good game um, Victor obviously um, I'm sure we'll talk about Victor and his, his heroics uh, but did alright on the night as well uh, some some less so but yeah good uh, good run out for, for him and obviously three points off, well three points a win um, <laughs> and just, just have it that um, and to get through to the next round is amazing, isn't it? And also, uh, yeah. just in tribute to uh, to Meatloaf, um, three penalty shootouts now, and we've won two out of three, and two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> it's not. Absolutely not. Um, I'm going to mention a Dauphin, Mick, just because of that shot. <laughs> that went so far it. Off. <laughs> it was just brilliant. It, you know, it's a bad shot when you just hear people burst out laughing. Oh, yeah. just burst out yeah, laughing. Just, but yeah, in a decent enough game today, he's, he, he didn't sort of stand up and scream, I should start, but he's just showing that consistency of performance where he's just doing pretty well in every team he plays in. The thing about Adolphin is he's, he's not the type of player that's going to absolutely stand out. That's not his job, is it? You know, he's not a damn bar lasser. He, he's, he does the dirty stuff and he does the dirty stuff really, really well. And he, he's one of those players, like I said, that just, you know, he doesn't really stand out, but he does the job really, really well. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a difficult situation for him. I mean, that was a bit of a, a bit of a lash, weren't it? To say the least. Um, but yeah, we all know what he can do, you know, when he does strike mm. it. Uh, so you can't you can't fault him for that. For me, the issue on one of the issues for me on uh, on on Tuesday night was down that left hand side. I felt I said to you at the time, Matt. I felt like Joe Matic was playing as though he were playing in a back four. Uh, you know, as a, as a as a centre half in a back four, he was leaving leaving far too much room. When Bola when Bola pushed forward, Joe Matic wasn't giving him any option, any cover. Sorry. So as soon as as soon as the ball passed Bowler, he was he was left eye and dry. Uh, so I think that was an issue for us. Um, but but yeah, other than that, 
it was a decent performance by everybody. I thought just about. I don't, you know, and, and I'm really disappointed in Grig getting taken off. I don't, I don't really get that. I don't understand. He's not played a full game for us yet, you know, and he's not that old. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not as though he's struggling for fitness. Um, I, I don't really get that. I don't really get what the situation is there with it at all. Um, anyway, that's 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 just me. Well. You mentioned that. Josh Smith says, saw a, saw a bit of criticism towards Grig after Tuesday, which I thought which he thinks was personally harsh to take him off, um, as him and Grig were linking up well, which I think is a fair point. Philip Rollinson agrees with Josh. I agree that thought Grig was putting a shift in. Very surprised he had yeah. come off unless he had taken a knock. Danny, you, only a few weeks ago you were talking about getting Grig 90 minutes. Um, I, I, I think it may be a good sign that he's got a good chance of starting Saturday. Whichever one you... Going to start Saturday, take off a little bit earlier to then go into Saturday. But am I just being a bit optimistic and a bit, you know, just thinking too much into it? I mean, yeah, we could be doing that. Uh, I think that's certainly why we took him off early. Did he, yeah, he came off early against Cheltenham. Yeah, because he came off for Ladder Pro, didn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, so I think, I think, yeah, we could be starting him against Crew um, because. He didn't start up from against Crew in the Pizza Cup, so it might be a new challenge for them. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I, I just want him to play ninety minutes. Just give him ninety minutes and just see and see how he does. If he plays shocking towards the last twenty minutes, then fine. You know what I mean? We've learned a lesson. He can't play a full ninety minutes, but we don't know that until he actually does. You know, so just give him a full ninety against Crew or or Doncaster or whoever. And let's just see how he does. But I don't think we will give him a full 90 probably in February because we don't have a week spare. We don't have a Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. It's just Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So might end up being March. But March is probably going to get busy with the Pizza Cup semi-final and, and whatever else to come, the game against Lincoln to come. But just please give Greg a full 90. He's shown he's capable of pulling a ball back and assisting. We know he can score goals from from any sort of angle, because he's proven that against Wimbledon and against other teams where he's just scored in the six-yard box. Just give him a full 90 minutes. He plays well alongside Smith. He plays well against alongside Coyote. Um He plays OK against Freddie, with Freddie, even though they're two very similar positional strikers. Um, just give him a full 90. Let's see how he does. I don't quite understand the criticism towards him, because like I say, I thought he put in a very good shift. Um, on Tuesday whilst he was on the pitch. So that's my headspace on it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also a very good shift compared to what we saw on Saturday as well. Like if you compare what you've just seen on Saturday to what we'll be putting on Tuesday, I don't see how you can criticise Will Grigg really. It's like short then, then then again, Freddie did put in a very good shift on Tuesday. For the most part, I did find myself shouting at him once for being a bit lazy. Um, <laughs> he did better. The bar was quite mm. low. He did better. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, JJ though, will I thought it was very good in the air. I think I, we don't often see this books. It's often with Michael Smith sometimes, but he won the vast majority of, of headers against again a Cambridge side who we know can be dominant in the air. Yeah, I know. Uh, Josh Smith spoke about uh, the link-up play between Grig and Coyote, and I thought that Coyote won everything in the air. And obviously, Grig is that that really intelligent player to know where to be when that ball comes through. So I thought they linked up really well on Tuesday. Uh, obviously, a work in progress, but good to see that we've got two strikers on the pitch that you know 
happy to to play at any point really uh, and that's the strength of this squad isn't it you know mm. at any point any any of these players could be needed and and uh, you know they're staking claims which is good um yeah Absolutely. Uh, we have Ray Smedley chucking in a fun transfer rumour, which I assume I'm confident is not true, but we're going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to mention it. Lyle Taylor to the Millers, Freddie Ladapo the other way. Uh, I would be amazed mm. if Lyle Taylor comes back down to this level. Um, and he's at Forest, isn't he? Lyle Taylor? Yes, for the moment. Why would Forest... Where are Forest to go? Why would they take Freddie? Why would they bother with Freddie? They can do better than Freddie, can't they? Um, just to counter that, I've heard that Lyle Taylor is going on loan to Birmingham. That's that, just that, yeah. just to counter that. So, and, and to be fair, we haven't had any bids for Freddie at all. And no. we've even said in the paper that if we get a late bid or loan option for Freddie, uh, we're probably not going to take it because if it comes in on the day, we don't really have enough time to get somebody else in. Uh, so if uh, something comes in. <clears throat> oh, there you go. Taylor just signed for Birmingham today. So that rumour was a load of twaddle about Laddie Poe going to Forest. <laughs> um, but yeah, but if, if Laddie Poe gets a late bid on the day, like after five o'clock, we're just going to turn it down, no matter how much it is, because we can't really bring anybody else in within that time frame. Um, but as it stands, there's no bids for Laddie Poe. There's no bids for any of our other players. Um, and apparently we're after two people with attacking minds... Uh, now, preferably a striker and an attacking midfielder, one loan, one permanent. Uh, so we'll have to see, wait and see how that goes. Because Warren said he's happy if it happens, like he's over at Moon if it happens. But mm. if it doesn't happen, but we've kept our group together with no departures, then he's equally as happy. So we'll wait and see with that one. Yeah, we'll come back and transfers in a minute. I'll throw some hypotheticals out later. I've got some. Um, the game. They were happy for penalties, weren't they, Mick? From probably 65, 70 minutes, they were extremely happy with penalties. I was surprised a little bit with that. I thought they might go for it a little bit more. I know they maybe not have the full strength 11, but they did a week on pitch. I know it's towards them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because you, you always felt that they were capable of, of, of sneaking a goal. There was no doubt about that. You know, they've got the ability and they've got. So, so it was a bit of a surprise, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, they, they were happy with that. That's 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 fine. As it turned out, that, that was the wrong decision, weren't it? Uh, but you never know, I guess. You never know. So yeah. I, I mean, ju just and I know I always talk about this. Just a bit of a quick comment on the ref. Who, for me, we talked about the foul that Griggy did. You know, mm. the, the irony being that two minutes or five minutes earlier, he'd given a foul on the goalkeeper when the defender had knocked the goalkeeper over. Uh, so that was that part of it, and then the last ten minutes. You say we bang average throughout the game, but then the last ten minutes, what an absolute shambles! Yeah. He just he kind of lost his ability to see anything, didn't he? It was just it was, anyway. I know I, I'll shut up because I, I know I'm always critical, Anna, and I shouldn't be. I know it's a tough job, but come on. <laughs> okay. um, uh, shut up, mate. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we move on to the third. I think Medina's mentioned the third penalty shootout this season. I think there's penalty, penalty, many penalty shootouts this season. We're having like last four combined or something ridiculous. Like, I might be more seasons than that. We've not had a penalty shootout since the pizza trophy game a few years ago, which wasn't pizza back then. Um, but Danny, we'll talk about victory in a minute. It was an excellent penalty shooter, much like the QPR game. I know there were a few dodgy ones, but. 
an excellent penalty shootout. Everybody took really good penalties, including their keeper. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, their goalkeeper really surprised me because um, <clears throat> I was sat with uh, Reese Callagher, who I'm sure is watching, who might be in the comments, but we didn't actually know who was taking their sixth penalty. It's like, oops, nobody's moved, who's taking it? And then the keeper just like walks in and it's like, wait, they're using the keeper in the sixth one already. Um, and to be fair, it was probably a goal kick between the sticks that yeah. got him his penalty. Um <laughs> Because it was very, very high in the goal. Um, but, you know, you sort of saw the goalkeeper's union between Victor and Mitov. Um, and, yeah, it, it, there were good penalties all round. The only one that was a little bit squeaky was Ferguson's, the first one, because it sort mm. of just squeezed in under the keeper. But still a very low and <clears throat> and hard penalty. And, they, yeah, they were all really good. The only really poor one was... Well, probably Mays because Victor saved it. It was at a very savable height, um, but yep. you have to have the knowledge to be able to save it, and Victor does. And just to just to end on this now, I think Victor's played mind games with their team. Because it hear me well, out, right? Because he kept diving to his right all the time, and they just kept putting it mm-hmm. to to his left hand side. But then as soon as he switched it, the the uh, he saved it. So I think he's played mind games that he's going to go that way. Then he switched it and saved it. And so yeah, that's my thinking. I think he's I think he's played them personally. <laughs> <laughs> but he waited to the seventh one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He waited to give me me personally a heart attack and then save the seventh <laughs> one. So yeah. <laughs> um, I'm all on board for goalkeepers taking penalties. I just love it. I think it's. I'm all. I'm all for goalkeeping nonsense. Uh, that's <laughs> right up there with goalkeeping nonsense. Um, yeah, uh, Dan, uh, Will, Victor, I just love him. He gets him more and more every week, and here we go. Throw, throw, one another penalty shootout for us. I mean, what more can that guy do to to instill himself into Rotherham fans' hearts? Like, I don't think there's much more he can do. Um, and also, lovely touch at the end for him to uh, come and hand his, his gloves over to some uh, young fans. Love that. And I know he does that quite a lot. So, kudos to, to Victor. Um, I'm not surprised um, that he, he's done it again. Um, there we go. I mean, what more can you say? He's, just, he's brilliant. And, and what an amazing place to be in at the moment, to have two really, really good keepers uh, in Vickers and obviously Johansson as well. Um, you know, both vying for that top spot, probably the best that it's it's been for a, a long time at Rotherham. Hmm. Yeah, yeah definitely right. I think that's we when you watch about the QPR shootout, Victor is clearly better at penalty saves than Vickers. Vickers, Vickers, Vickers is probably an all round better keeper, just but Victor's penalty saves when the QPR game, Vickers were going before player would kick ball sometimes. Every time, every penalty on Tuesday, Vic, Victor were trying to wait as late as possible. And I think that's how you win penalty shootouts. It turned out to be the case, mm. didn't it? Yeah, I did. I mean, to be fair, at QPR, Vickers were diving. It's play less centre circle, walking to the box, weren't he? You know, <laughs> that early. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm, I, the, it's great. It's great to be in that position to have two keepers of that quality. Um, you know, Josh Vickers is an experienced goalkeeper um, and a good, experienced goalkeeper. So, you know, Victor. Is an excellent keeper, but inexperienced, and he will learn again. It's that sort of, it's that sort of Smithy, uh, JJ situation, into you know Greg JJ situation. Somebody, somebody with 
so you know the young younger player learning off of somebody with that experience. So uh, it's it's great great position to be in. It is, yeah. Um, and like they mentioned, puts us through to the first same round. Fur- furthest we've gone in the competition since two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, one step away from getting to Wembley, like we did in ninety six. Uh, which should be very, very special. A comment here, Darren, Mark, Darren Clark, come on, Millers, let's have a home tie, either Hartlepool or Sutton, and then we we get the final. Both ourselves and Wiggins could could be going for the double. Um, he asked what we think we'll do with Smithy in the summer. Will he leave or will he stay? We'll maybe cover that later on. Um, for me, Danny, the dream is us and Wigan at, at the final. I think if I'm the, an EFL representative, I want Rotherham and Wigan in the final as well because it's the one of their showpiece occasions with two of the best teams in, in the lower two divisions. All right, there might not be 90,000 fans there, but as a spectacle, it should be the best <laughs> game that's left. Yeah, I, I think so. I think to have two of the top teams in League One in a final of a cup competition does is a very good advert for lower EFL leagues. But if we're talking about potential winning games, I would prefer Hartlepool in the final. <laughs> Because um, we've we've got a sort of semi-good record against teams in lower leagues than us. You know, look at Port Vale and Stockport um, and Bromley as well. But Hartlepool seems to have a weird like magic to them where they've beaten three League One teams in the competition so far. So let's make it a fourth one, get rid of Wigan, and then we can put our best team out and then try and beat Hartlepool. And if we don't, we don't. Fair play to Hartlepool in the final if they get there. But... I want Hartlepool in the final because to me it's the most winnable one. I don't want Sutton away because it's south side of London and I don't want it because we won't get any fans there for Sutton United. Um, but yeah, I hope, we, uh, I hope we at least get to the final. That's my hope. You know, at Wembley again. Why not? It is London. Yeah. I, thought I, I, I said it's not all, it were an all northern semi final. It's not an all northern semi final. Sutton and South. <laughs> No, I said at the start of the show. <laughs> Harrogate had to go and ruin it, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, um, but the Sutton story is a very good one as well, isn't it? I know we don't want to play them away on Tuesday night, but it's a great story for them to come to the non-league and to make... I think this is their first or second season back in the Football League? First season? First. Yeah. Um, a great story. Back season, have they been in before? I think that, I'm sure Sutton have. I might be wrong. I thought Sutton had. No, if you if you don't think they have, they probably haven't because you've seen more seasons than I have. Oh yeah, yeah, and of course I'm obviously renowned for my memory, aren't I? That's true. Yeah, I seem to remember. <laughs> I remember seeing Sutton about 15 years ago or so in a League Two table. I think might be a bit more than that, but I'm I'll not check. sure. I think they have been in the I'll football check. league before, but it, it were a fair bit ago. Either way, they like the man who gets the final on the upside. At least they'll only have to open half of Wembley, won't they? Mm. In fact, they probably wouldn't even have to open half of it. They could just just open one end and let everybody mix together because there's not <laughs> going to be enough, you know, supporters to fill it. It's not going to be a Coventry Portsmouth final, is it? You know, where they filled mm. it. No, uh, they've never been in the football league. Ah. That's that. Told you. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> the, the most they've got to. Um, Steve Cooper likes sutting away a new ground for him. Yes, good old track. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's the one argument for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, where do you sit on this? Do you want well, Wigan in the semis and then whoever gets through is, is a, a huge favourite for the final? Do you care? 
Um, I do care, um, <laughs> which is surprising because we're talking about the pointless pizza trophy here. Um, <laughs> for me, I'm thinking strategically. I want to uh, screw uh, Wigan up as much as possible. So let's send Wigan down to, uh, to Sutton um, on mm. a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, uh, depending on on Sky and what they want to do with us. Um, um, I'm sure they'll try and make it as difficult as possible for uh, fans to get anywhere they need to. Um, for me, I'd, I'd love to go to Hartlepool away. It's not a million miles away for us and a new ground for me. So I'd be quite happy with Hartlepool away. Um, and then in terms of the, the final, um, I don't really care who we get because I think on the day, it just comes down to that one game, doesn't it? If, if it's Wigan, if it's Sutton, if it's Hartlepool, or whoever it is, it's a, it's a level playing field. Yeah, and, I, and we've, I've been saying this for years, but if give me Paul Warren as manager for a one-off occasion, I just trust yeah. him to back to get the players up for a game, um, and he will get them up for a final. Mick, you're the one of only I think the only one of us that remembers night six, uh, 2008, 2009, and this one all going into semi-finals of night six was successful. Mm. I'm, yeah. I, I'm going to ask you a question. I know you. I know what the answer is going to be. But I only do the yeah. memories of the '96 area final. And it was two-legged back then. But how, how does this compare? Coldest night ever in the history of Carlisle, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> just horrible, absolutely horrible. But you know, it, it, obviously, the, the 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 euphoria of getting getting through at the end of that was just enormous. It was our first ever visit to to Wembley Stadium. You know, it was just just immense. Now for us, you know, for for sort of supporters who've been following the club for the last 10, 12 years. Going to Wembley is just like it's a, it's a biannual occurrence, isn't it? You know, it's not. It's kind of lost its lost its shine a little bit. Um, so yeah, listen, we've got as good a chance, probably the best chance out of the, the the three four remaining sides in this. Possibly, I think we just picked pick Wigan. I think we're a better side than Wigan personally. That's my view. Obviously, I'm biased. Um, so. It's just money in it. It's, if, if we can get to a final and win it, it's just it's the the, the coffers for the um, for the club are going to get swelled a little bit more than they are already, aren't they? So yeah, I still still struggling to muster a great deal of enthusiasm for the tournament. I'm sorry, Papa John will not so, be happy to hear that, mate. He will not. Uh, well, I'm, I, listen, I'm not the RUFC, am I? So I didn't win a, a day out with Alison Barlasser and a, a lifetime supply of pizza. So maybe that's why I'm bitter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Philip Ronson, the, uh, the conger in the snow at Carlisle in 96. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you want to know more about the 96 run um, on our iTunes or Spotify or, or YouTube, you can hear about the run and the final itself from Trevor Berry, Andy Roscoe, and Neil Richardson. That is up there. And it's really good. It's really, really good to listening to their stories from that. Because I wasn't there. I, I didn't watch it. So it's good learning experience for me about that, about our history of this competition, our successful history, one of the few successful histories of the competition. Um, so go back and listen to it because it's great and I really enjoyed it. Just speaking to That's a great listen, that. Is that listening to those three bouncing off each other even after all these years was... Just great to great to sit back and listen to. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully we'll get those three back on at some point in the summer to get learn yeah. a bit more about their Rotham story as well as as well as some other players as well. Um, I think I'm done on the pizza trophies for now. Um, I 
my excitement is leveling off till the next round. Anything else anybody wants to touch on? I have one, if that's okay. And to be fair, it's probably absolutely pointless because there'll be no Cambridge fans watching this. But for the Cambridge fans that made the journey on Tuesday night, you made an absolute racket uh, for most at most at night, uh, and that's not an easy journey to make. So, congratulations! Hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, how many went up? Was it one hundred and thirty-three from them? Uh, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. funniest thing that I saw was that there were two fans near where Rotherham fans were and they took the shirts off. It's like, <laughs> lads, how much have you had on the coach coming up? <laughs> you know, it, 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 it was funny, though. I mean, they've just followed the team away and they've had a good laugh about it. Unfortunately, they've lost, mm. but they have done very well and made a fair bit of racket, like Will says. So, fair play to them. Fair play to all 133 who made the trip. I didn't count that many because me and Reese played the counting game with the away fans. But anyway, we, we counted about 70 yeah. odd. So I think we need to have our eyes checked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they brought, they brought more on a cold Tuesday night for a pointless trophy than other teams sometimes do for a Saturday afternoon. So yeah, uh, that's true. Seriously, hats off to them. Um, yeah. Uh, it's like, a bit of a Cambridge, Cambridge love in this, isn't it? Every, yeah. every time we're playing, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll play I know, yeah, I know. You never know that summit might. Uh, no, it's not going to happen, is it? Not unless they make playoffs, which is unlikely. Um, and we Let's not talk about next that. season. Hopefully, not next season. We'll play in season after in championship. Um, let's move forward, but because it's back to the league action, back to the serious business. The fun's over. Um, let's get on with. The stressful part of life. Um, Crew Alexandra, Danny, again, you were there a month ago, less than a month, less than a month ago, the same month. Um, mm-hmm. Excited to go to Crew again. <laughs> no, not particularly. Um, I, I mean, thankfully, there'll be a lot more of us there than when in the Pizza Cup because there was only about 150 ish that went there last time. Now there's 1,100 going, so there's, there's a few more of us. Um, but yeah, it, it should be a good away trip in terms of the journey down there. Um and I hope we um we put in a similar performance to what we did in the Pizza Cup where we played very well against them. They are gonna try and match us up because David Artel has said he knows how we play and they're gonna try and match it up with their formation. So it should be a good battling game. Uh, but I'm hoping more of a Pizza Cup performance level-wise rather than when we played them at New York and fell foul of a last-minute penalty. So hopefully that doesn't happen again um, because then my heart will officially conk out because I can't deal with penalties anymore this season. If they're for us, that's fine. But against us, I can't cope anymore. Um, but, you know, it should be, should be a good away day. So looking forward to it, despite it being cruel, cold and... Uh, in a little shed stand compared to the really big one that's on the other side of the pitch. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad game when there's when there's fans in it. It's not, but it's not a pretty good away end to a fair crew. It's small and horrible, but because there's so many packed in it, it can be quite good. Yeah, it's uh, not. It's not as good when there's just a big empty red wall just in front of you. Yeah, that's not. That's exactly. not quite as good. <laughs> no, um, we have a late visitor. Benjamin's back with us. Hello, Ben. Hello. How's the wrist? Uh, it's all right. It's all right. It's okay. all right. Do we get a backstory to the wrist thing? Because it sounds a bit grim. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's, it's not that bad. It's, it's not. What do we? Do you know what? Do we tell you what happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. Going through it. Uh, story time with Ben. 
Well, yeah, basically, obviously, I play me for football and I caught the ball. So I caught it like that and then you hold it like this. Like this. Which is great for audio listening. You, 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 <laughs> you hold it like... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like a like newborn child. Like a newborn baby, <laughs> yeah. And basically, I got hit... Uh, someone put the shoulder uh, mm. into my wrist uh, very powerfully and it hurt. Ben has got the video, so if anyone wants to watch the video of Ben hurting yeah. his hand, it's quite funny. It's not. Uh, yeah, it is. I'll tweet it's it out later. It's not funny at all. Um, quite funny. What's, what's the best bit is, Ben, you've edited it, and you can clearly tell you've edited it because it cuts off just where anybody else would be really screaming in pain. <laughs> I can tell you've edited the video. <laughs> you know what? It's not even that injured. They said it was just sprained, uh, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was bruised, but. It's, it's fine now. So it's fine. Bro. Okay. Anything else you want to tell us, Ben, before we go back to Rotherham United? Um, not really. <laughs> cool. Uh, tell us about your excitement for the pizza trophy, but you missed all the pizza trophy action, so very briefly, <laughs> tell us about your excitement one game from Wembley. You know what? Like, I wasn't a couple of weeks ago, but, a couple of weeks ago, but I actually am quite excited now because uh, I want to go to Wembley. It's just around corner for you, isn't it? That's why. Yeah, exactly. Well, it literally is. Uh, yeah, it's like a tube away. But no, I didn't even want to go Wembley again. It won't. If the thing is, if we go to Wembley and then we lose, it's not really like. You know what I mean? It's not. I'm not going to be heartbroken. It's not a playoff final, what's it? No, as a fan, but as a player, I mean, it's just not really what you want, is it? I saw it. I saw. <laughs> it was funny. I saw it go to extra time on my phone and it's actually the last thing that you want in it just more playing time but unnecessary but we didn't you know, get extra time did we straight did you penalties know? oh straight, well, straight yeah. penalties though. yeah well, right. whatever then after uh, <laughs> I went to extra time I just saw a notification yeah. on my phone <laughs> so but whatever anyways Ben weren't paying his £10 for I follow on a Tuesday night were you <laughs> no I wasn't <laughs> no I wasn't anyway I tried, I tried to find some personal stream but I couldn't Okay, you could have just paid, but you didn't. Uh, moving on. Um, well, what can we expect from Crew? Uh, the last time we played them at home, because Peach Trophies are normally well, sort of ignore their performance a little bit. They were poor. They were a, they were poor side, but they hung in. They did, they did what they needed to and snuck a point at the end. What, do you think we'll be seeing the same kind of Crew? <clears throat> um, in a word, no. Um, I think it's going to be. They've had a very tumultuous couple of weeks, um, to mm. say the least. So just this week, they've lost, I think, three centre-backs. Um, they've lost Callum McFadzine today to uh, Moneybags um, Wrexham, um, mm. which means the back three will be completely, I think, the highest, uh, the highest age is 19 years old. Their one left wing-back, which will be of interest to Chiog Bene, um, is injured. So they've been playing uh, Mika Mandron uh, at left wing back, who's obviously their their main striker. Um, scores, so, yeah, mm. they've uh, they've got a few issues, um, but yeah, as as Danny mentioned, they will probably uh, match us up and go three five two and try and play through the thirds. Uh, I'd expect to probably see Chris Porter and um, and uh, Long up top, um, and they've just signed a striker today. I think his name is Basala who I would imagine will probably go into the side at some point, either off the bench or maybe from the start. Um, 
So he is uh, a player that they've signed from Fortuna. Uh, uh, Fortuna. In somewhere in Holland, basically. Fortuna Sittard. That's the one. Um, and <laughs> he is absolutely rapid, I am told, but without any end product. So he could be an interesting watch for tomorrow. But if we can get that ball down the wings nice and quick um, and uh, try and test those uh, those young centre-backs, I think we're going to have a lot of joy. Uh, crew of the side that concede the most chances in open play and from set pieces. So we are going to get chances in the game. Uh, we're just going to make yeah. sure that we take them. Yeah. David Artel knows what he's doing. It's pretty good tactically. Um, so I think we can expect to, as tough a game as they can handle with the players and the problems they've got that Will just mentioned. Uh, do you want to bring to attention, Danny, some of um, David Artel's um, <laughs> comments? I think David Artel's been on the wind-up, personally, because <laughs> he's made some very snippy comments about Rotherham in his latest press conference, which is something I didn't expect. From him, mm. um, is in is in reference to the, uh, the the pizza cup game that we played, um, and he's talking about us bringing on half a million pound players, and they're bringing on players who are just coming through the ranks, which is a bit all right, fair enough. But it then gets a bit snippy and says they brought on an international and a half million pound player, meaning Chio and Freddie, uh, and he's saying we brought them on just to win the game. It's like, well, I'm sorry, David, we've got good players. What do you expect us to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if he's trying to be on the wind-up and unsettle something or other, but comments like that really do play into Paul Warren's hands because he sort of just puts them on the wall and saying, look, he's saying we need the expensive ones and the international players to win game. Let's show them that's not the case and, and like rile them up to play him uh, to the best of our players' abilities that we know that we've got. But I was just a bit surprised with his comments. It's like, you know, I would have thought that you know, you drawing one one with us, you would have said, "Let's try and keep the spirit of that game and and such." But no, he went the uh, the snippy route, which is uh, not the best to see from a former Rotherham player. But anyway, pin it up on the dressing room wall. <laughs> it's it's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, to to quote Ben, I mean, I'm not a football manager, but um, I, I have watched football for a long time, and and my understanding was when you bring a substitute on, you bring them on with the intention of winning the game. Is that not the whole point of bringing on a substitute? I'm Is that not asking... the whole point in playing the game? Yeah. yeah. So, no, I'm not a manager, you know. <laughs> just just to sort of counteract that, if I may, um, I don't think there's too many issues with the actual comment. I would probably suggest that it's, it's a manager that's under a lot of pressure at the moment yeah, that's true. just had yeah. another week from hell where he's just having players ripped from underneath him, left, right and centre. Mm. Um, and that pressure's probably just got to him, you know. It might have just been at the point in the interview where he's just withheld, but we've just withstood, sorry, about 10 minutes of a battering from a journal asking <laughs> yeah. where his players are going and when he's getting new ones in. So I don't read too much mm. into it. Stop being yeah. sensible, Will. Although Stop he, it. <laughs> although I know you're right. I know you're right, but... <laughs> yeah, although he did is the Real Madrid of yeah. League One, which is concerned, it's a bit like... Yeah. Uh, but, anyway, move on. They're a bit well, like the Man United um, League one, aren't they, Chef Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, used to be all right. Yeah, used to be all right, and now it's a bit now, so. seventh. <laughs> now a joke. Yeah, full of fans um, can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely getting yeah. snipped. Yep. 
Listen, yeah. it, we're only two weeks away. We're only two weeks away. <laughs> I've got to start getting myself some. <laughs> no, I am. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, back on us, Mick, before you start upsetting some of the fans. Well, the oh, same yeah. fans. Um, <laughs> for us, going back to the let's, let's compare it to the Saturday's team lineup. Not forget about Pete's trophy lineup wise. Um, what changes are you making? The, the big, the big questions, Freddie. In it, the big question of last week is Freddie Starr played 18 minutes. Um, I can't find the right words to find how I want to describe him. So, what would you start on Saturday? Are you, are you asking? Are you asking me? I'm not asking you to start Freddie. Asking who would you sign place of him? It's not a big question, is it? It's not a big question at all. Uh, Freddie doesn't play for me. Um, you know, he came on the other night and did all right, but he did all right. He didn't do anything to mitigate what the way he performed the previous the previous league game. We need to get our mojo back. It's starting to come back. There were some big improvements in some performances on Saturday, and, and that needs to continue. Um, so he doesn't start now. It's it's Griggy and Smithy who are going to start for me, um, and the midfield again for me picks itself in Barlasa Wiles and Rathbone. The only question is whether it's Miller or um, Ferguson out wide. And I don't really... I'd mean, prefer to see Miller personally, just because, I, I mean, he was phenomenal when he came on the other night. For, for, for Certainly for the first sort of 10 or 15 minutes that he was on the pitch, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, he was unplayable. So, yeah, Freddie don't start for me. I don't think it's even a question. That's my view. Does anybody think Freddie will start on Saturday? He might do. Well, I, well, I'm not saying. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't think so. I think if we um, we apply logic to it, he's taking Grig off early so he can play him Saturday, yeah. and give him Freddie Freddie run out in his place so he can he still took Grig off early. Yeah, but he still Grig off at about when was it? About sixty odd minutes ish. Yeah. I heard my first boo for Freddie on Tuesday as well. I don't know if anybody else heard it. It was only one or two people, but there was a couple of boos for Freddie on Tuesday when he came on. Um, mm. Hopefully that hopefully doesn't spread. Hopefully that's the end of it. Mm. Um, but, um, I mean, ben, can you blame him after Saturday? I think, I think Saturday may have been the final straw in terms, of, in terms of performance. I think that's not helped him at all. But this is the problem with putting transfer requests and you put a spotlight on your performance. And Freddie's played worse than that before than Saturday, but because the spotlight's on him, that's why people are noticing it much more than they were six months ago. Um, I think I said it two years ago. But yeah, I know, but it's more noticeable because he's under transfer requesting. Uh, is what I mean. Uh, God, Ben, you can't can't help but be right, can you? I don't. Um, I just remember <laughs> saying. I just remember saying you're putting enough effort in when he first signed, but maybe no, nobody's disputing that. Nobody's disputing at all. Thank you. Um, <laughs> What what changes from last week in making Other than the, I think we all agree, Freddie for Grig is is yeah. a, is a swap we would all make. Uh, is there any other ones that you that you would make from last Saturday? I don't see why not. I thought we were better than in previous weeks, so mm. I don't see why not. I think who uh, what keeper started yesterday or Tuesday? Victor, Victor started on Tuesday. Victor. Started. Victor. So he's online. Oh, see, that's the very, only. Very, very yeah, see, that's the only one that I would maybe change because I, I do think Victor's a better keeper than Vickers. Um, but obviously, I'm not in, not in practice and I'm not the manager. Uh, 
as I say a lot. But yeah, I don't see why he should change anything except for the. I thought we played well. I think he's one of our best teams on paper. Uh, it depends if you want to go attacking, which I think we should, or defensively with Ferguson and Miller. I think they're the only. I think that's the change. When you want to go more defensive, you put Ferguson on. And when you want to go attacking, you put Miller on. Um, mm. But yeah, unchanged except Freddie for me. Yeah. We saw Harden as the back, as the right of the three, Danny. And we saw Harden as the right wing back on Tuesday. Does Harden keep your place as the right foot, right centre back? Or are you tempted to bring Reg back in because he did well on Tuesday? Where's your defence? Um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think the best thing would be to keep Harding as the backup for Chio in case we want to switch it a bit more defensive towards later later in the game. I can't really see that happening against the crew after what Will said with the little bit of a crisis that's happening. Um, so I'd personally go for the back three, a Reg, Wood and Icky. Um, keep Miller on the left-hand side to go a bit strong attacking. Keep Chio on the right-hand side. One thing I will mention is what did everybody think to Chio playing slightly off the striker? towards the end of the game on Tuesday because we had Ferguson on the left, Miller on the right and then uh, Chia was the like the slightly off striker like, which is more of a position that he plays for Ireland. I thought that was a very interesting tactical switch from Warney but it's also proved that Miller can play both wings which is exceptional. Yeah, that's true. I thought he did well. I thought he looked a threat. It's, the thing is when you're running at a defender no matter where the defender is if you're running with Chia's pace the defender's going to be very concerned to put it politely. Um, the, the problem with you is he ain't got any shooting boots. I know he scored that stunner at Gillingham, but other than that, it takes one in six, something like that. His shooting's poor compared to the rest of his game, anyway. Uh, Will, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, pace causes issues wherever you are on pitch, so. Um, I thought he caused issues in, in that sense. I don't think it's a natural position for him, uh, just as of yet. Um, I think he's he's more of a winger that likes to get chalk on his boots, isn't he? But, um, you know, that could be something that we did we um, we develop moving forward. Uh, I read earlier that he's keen to sign a new contract, which is, is great for both parties, I think. So, um, if we can get that done, then we can start to explore that, potentially. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that is exciting news. That is... Uh... Positive signs. Um, so let's do some score predictions. Um, Danny, let's start with you for Saturday. Me and Mick went 4 0 on Saturday, on Tuesday, on uh, last week. And put it wrong. Well, that went well, um, didn't it? Um, Danny you mentioned that. Like you went 1 0 and we won 1 0. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I spoke to the uh, the crew podcast, the Railway Men podcast about this, and I mentioned about you two going 4 and 5 0, and then me being right with 1 0. So I sort of just sort of stuck with a steady 1-0 for us on their podcast. But if we line up correctly against their sort of in-crisis back line, it could be upwards of three, potentially. But I'm going to stick with the 1-0 just to be a bit conservative about it. Okay. I like your style. Uh, Benjamin? I'm going to go 1-0. I don't see a score in two in a game at the minute. Unfortunately. Okay, fair enough. Will? I'm going to be a little bit more confident than you guys. I'm going 4 0. I like it. Oh, Christ. Totally <laughs> I'm not going that confident. I'm going to go 3 1. Uh, with their problems that Will's just mentioned, if if they play, if those if those problems surface, 
we could be two up inside ten minutes. You know, if if they really start to struggle early on, it could get. You know, that's my uh, my thought. So Mick, I assume you're going to go for a two 0 loss. Obviously, yeah, yeah, no, no. I think I think the first thing we should do, hopefully, we get the kick off, and we should kick the ball straight out for a goal kick. Um, if they start playing it out from, if they start playing it out from back like they did in that piece of trophy, happy days because they they are going to get a battering. I don't think there's any yeah. doubt about that. Bearing in mind that what Will's just pointed out there about the the um, inexperience of the back three or four or whatever whatever it is that they play, whatever system they play, if they start with that game, then they're going to be in big trouble. And we will. I'm going to go four nil. I think we're going to get our boots shooting boots back on, and I think we're going to work. We're going to be back on back on the bike on Saturday. You've gone, you've gone four four no predictions in two games in a row. I know. Look at the I'm so far, so far, I'm three goals down. Yeah, one game, so <laughs> it's not looking good, is it? Just one no. win. So we win seven nil on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Russ Bailey on Facebook thinks it's going to be three nil. Quick with two. Woody was one. I think Woody is due a goal. To be fair. Um, mm. Stop pressing the goalkeeper and start scoring goals. Would it come on? <laughs> uh, briefly touch on the transfer market news. There is no news really, uh, other than That's the news that Danny mentioned earlier. Um, we are after a striker who we all still assume is Georgia Kelly because the Georgia Kelly to Plymouth rumors have died down. Um, so still that's... follows on Twitter, by the way. I've been checking, still he still follows, follows us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also an attacking-minded midfielder. Now, I'm going to float one out there to you, and I'm probably going to be way off here, but I am floating this out a little bit because Jeff, Lewis Wings still at Sheffield Wednesday. They now have eight loanees, which they can only have five in a match day squad. If so, you say we're going to sign Lewis Wing... <laughs> I'd have him back in a heartbeat. There are, are rumours that they're looking to cut his loan short because it's been a disaster. If he becomes available, and, I, and I'm not convinced Paul Warren would, but if he became available, which is looking impossible, would you take Lewis Wing back as yes. an attacking-minded midfielder? Yes. <laughs> can you imagine? Yes. Can you imagine the, the 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 beauty of re-signing him on loan and him scoring the winner at Swillsborough? Can exactly. you just imagine? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. would be. Probably the sweetest thing I had I would ever see <laughs> in my life. I mean, my answer would be no, I wouldn't take him back at all. But why? Why but just just on that, just for that, just for that that thought alone, I'm now beginning to have second thoughts. <laughs> why wouldn't you could, take him back? I, I, I just I, because he's because because of his work rate. It would well, make a work last year. It will it would be stay on pitch last year for my it, it were in his own head, yeah. But, but anyway, let's let's just start. Let's just don't stop because I'm dreaming. I'm I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm just seeing that that 25 yard top corner screamer at Leppin's Lane. Darren Garner-esque. Yeah, ninety third minute, and and then I, and, I mean, and, I mean, you can you can actually picture Matt Goodwin on commentary going, uh, "Rotherham launch a final <laughs> attack in the ninety fifth minute, wings out in space, Lewis wing, bang, top corner, delirium." Yeah. Um, but thinking about it rationally, yes, he was a very good player for us last year. Uh, Warney, I think, got the best out of him during his short loan spell. However, based on how he's been in the midfield setup at Chef Wednesday, 
it's not a risk I would personally take. Granted, Darren Moore has been playing him out out of position when he has played. Um, so I don't know. Maybe Warnie could get the best out of him, but he would have to take up a similar sort of position that sadly would occupy that like advanced midfielder role. So it'd like be an opposite switch to to uh, to Barlas being your quarterback role. So I I personally wouldn't go for it, um, but purely for the for the potential scenes at Hillsborough, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it may mean sadly leaving. If you if you bring somebody like that in, I can't see us keeping sadly as well. I don't see how you would get Wild sadly or an a third attacking midfielder in the in the squad in the team. Uh, Will it's exciting to think about, but would you? For... Are we are we still talking about Lewis Wing? Um, <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, for me, that ship has well and truly sailed. Um, just from his comments, you you want players that want to come in and, and buy into what you're doing. He's obviously not going to do that. And to be fair, I agree with Ben. He were he were brilliant last year for us, but um, you know sometimes you just have to move on. And I don't think he's he's what we need right now. To be honest, agreed. I do agree. I just, 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 fun, fun thought exercise. Cheryl um, Stone's pretty, pretty well, to be fair. She has, to be fair. That's <laughs> what, yeah. We spent five minutes talking about it. So <laughs> uh, think that, Cheryl. Uh, Josh Smith says there's an article come out saying that Kelly's signed for us today. Now, what Where's we're going to do is still for a minute or two. Um, Josh, is it from Football League World? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, here we go. Um, we will investigate that while we chat for a minute. Uh, I'll, I'll send Danny off, our roaming correspondent, to investigate that. <laughs> um, Harvey Kelwick on the Lewis Wing. Harvey Kelwick, don't think we would take Rang Bank, especially when he said he has done his thing at Rotherham Carson coming back. Yeah, I think that's a key part of it. His comments after were more, more than the actual way he played, to be honest with you. Um, any other transfer rumours that we can see? Will have you heard anybody? I've not seen many names other than Kelly. I've not seen anybody. Um, there was one. Uh, aha! I have just I have just seen the article that they're on about. It's from the uh, the Irish Independent. Latest George Kelly signs for League One side Rotherham United. So potentially, so that could be our um, permanent transfer offering a contract. But anyway, we'll wait. We'll wait and see until it's announced by the club because it's, it's never official until the club say so. We have to we have to take that as as low. But the one other one that I've seen as a potential was Sam Cosgrove. Now, I was shared this tweet, this um, this rumor in confidence from Russ Vernon, um, with the mindset of it's meant to be super secret information, but apparently it's not because it's all over Twitter. And everyone says apparently Sam Cosgrove is going to Rotherham United. He's apparently had a bust up with uh, Shrewsbury's manager. Uh, so Birmingham wants to cut his loan short, but Kill will still keep him out there developing. Uh, so apparently it would be us. But if the George Kelly thing is true from the Irish Independent, which, you know, it's the Irish Independent, they wouldn't really be clickbaity, would they? You know? Yeah, well, it's, um, but It's also on there from Republic of Ireland player tracker, the Donegal Daily, uh, independent sport that like you've just said. Uh, so it's, it's come on, it's on there from three or four different news outlets. So breaking news, yes, breaking they, news. Break, yeah. New York talk, breaking news, <laughs> yeah. But from the independent eye, the, the, the key comment is uh, the Donegal native has decided that his future lies with Russ Jason Rotherham 
and we'll put pen to paper on Friday after he passed the medical, which we assume is more of not a formal. Oh, so, oh, so he hasn't, he hasn't record, signed. Hasn't We've got him here for a medical. Okay. Yeah. What are you saying, Ben? So he's got a good goal scoring record in Ireland. I know, yeah, I know it's Sunday league level, but it's still not that. <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, you, do you remember us harsh. saying a bit ago about getting Kelly on the podcast just to be, you know, just just because? Now, with Ben's comments about Irish league being Sunday league, there you go, Ben. You can pitch that question to him. <laughs> That's all. <you> <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, we, we, the Sam Crosgrove link was there in the summer, and then obviously went to Shrewsbury and he's done nothing really. So I would be leaning towards not. We don't, I don't know, I don't know. The, um, the reports I've seen of Cosgrove aren't exactly flattering. Um, yeah. I've had a few conversations with, with John, who comes on here uh, a few times, the Birmingham fan of, of a social media, and um, they, they were not impressed with him at all. I guess you you have to caveat it with the fact that Shrewsbury are a pretty poor side that are playing long ball football and he's not really getting that many opportunities to score goals as well. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In, a, in a different side, it could be different. But Danny, from what you're saying, if he's had an argument with the manager, does that sound like the sort of uh, person that we'd want to bring into our culture? That's exactly me. what I thought, yeah. You've got like a uh, suggestion. <laughs> South Korean <laughs> League One. That'll do me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it would go um, to Wednesday, but anyway. <laughs> no, they can't afford him. Yeah, Wednesday very good. <laughs> no. That's twelve. Yeah. Um yeah. Any more for any more nonsense? We've gone a bit long. Uh, if if you are listening on Friday and Georgie Kelly has already signed, I think it's a great signing slash a bad signing slash I'm not sure. Just delete that appropriate. <laughs> I, I, I never thought he were going to sign. And now we're absolutely positive he were going to sign. So, again. I mean, in all honesty, I, I thought cold water had been poured on that. And I thought there was yeah. so much um, contradiction from, like, he's saying he signed it and Paul Wall said he's not signed and then conveniently placed articles here and there. I thought deal will have gone. Um, but if this is <clears throat> correct and he's come for a medical and the independent and this Donegal information place are jumping the gun and saying he signed for Rotherham but pending a medical. I mean, the deflection from Paul Warren is something just short of a masterstroke to put people off the scent of George Kelly. Um, oh, yeah. But, I mean, if he, has, if he has signed and it gets made official after his medical just after the weekend, then happy days, best of luck to him. If it all turns out to be bunkum, then the, the media on Twitter needs to take a long, hard look at itself. <laughs> Yes. The difference is it's not Football League World. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, we will see. We will see. Uh, anything else? Any at all? Any mean likes? Uh, three seconds. No, good. no, all good. Superb. Um, so thank you all for tuning in. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, go over to YouTube and subscribe. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. We would very much appreciate that. Give the video a thumbs up as well. If you're on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, audio, that's not a word, but I'm going to use it. Uh, make sure you've subscribed. Follow us on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating if you can as well. 
as we mentioned at the start of the show, we've got across the bottom of the YouTube channel, we've got the, the contact numbers for mine, for same for Samaritans. If you are in a bad place, if you think you need help, please reach out for it. We, we all back it. We all think it's really important that you all are doing all right. And it's all right not to be all right, but reach out for help if you ever need it. And there's also pinned to our Twitter account. If you go out to the page, these same contacts will be up there for the next few days uh, as well. Um, Danny, it's a pleasure to have you with us, and I'm sure in the next episode we will have some transfer stuff to talk about, which is exciting, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we've not had breaking news on the podcast before whilst it's been happening. Um, so yeah, we have gone a little bit long, but it's all worth the end of day, isn't it? It is until you don't sign, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, ben, you have been with us for 20 minutes, you've said about five words, that's what I expect, and that's why I love you. Thank you. <laughs> I hope your wrist. I'm gonna say I hope it hurts. I'm not gonna say. I hope your wrist gets better. Thank you. Me too. Right, to be fair. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have you with us, mate. I love it when you're here. Thank you very much. Uh, just want to say a massive thank you to Russ Bailey as well. I think he compared me to uh, Richard Keys earlier, so I'll take that. He did. <laughs> he did as well. <laughs> brilliant. And Mick, I'm not sure they're comparing you two, but I'm sure it's gonna be great. Some big fat ball bloke in the corner, isn't it? You know what I mean? Whatever. I can put you in middle if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I'll settle for the corner. I don't mind. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a pleasure, everybody. Keep an eye on the YouTube for Danny's vlog, which will be at, which we haven't watched the Cambridge uh, the Cambridge one. That's up. That's a, that's a really good one. And then obviously the one we'll be up on Sunday. We will be up on Sunday night to review the crew game. Look ahead to another South Yorkshire derby, first one in a while. Thank you all, and we'll see you very, very soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.